Now we return you to the test card and some music. Hello there, ladies and mantelpieces, chappy, your British butler, keep calm and cauliflower cheese, episode 156 today. And as the Aussie would say, I'm feeling a bit crook, mate. It must be some tucker yet. No, no tucker. I think I've had too much tucker, to be honest. Um, but the old back, right at the top, on the hunch, on the old Notre Dame, between the shoulder blades. Oh my God. I feel like an old man and bent over today. And it's really, really hurting. <laughs> I mean, I've got this new contraption. It looks like partway between pneumatic drill and something that you'd have in some sort of inflammatory boudoir in Soho and it's a wonderful thing it's so powerful it's like a piston gun and I'm going to turn it on here oh yeah just there you can hear it there just vibrating next to the microphone so I'm just gonna I mean this is when you could do with like some sort of valet elf or maybe some little person who could just I don't know if you'll be able to reach the top of my back though but he could hold this piston thing on between the shoulder blades for the entire show and if he does that I think I might be able to make it through the whole show but you know what I'm multitasking right now no valet required I've got the piston going, massaging between the shoulder blades, and I'm also broadcasting on this podcast here. I tell you something, what I mean, what an effort. That's like a manful effort. Anyway, I'll turn that off for the moment. You may hear it through the course of the show. Uh, sadly, you do not win a prize if you do hear it in the middle of the show. But it's the most embarrassing thing. I say, well, Chappie, is this the new you? Is this you doing your half marathon or your triathlon did you strain this when you were doing the butterfly in the pool after doing a 20 mile bike ride uh no well was it was it when you were doing your sort of iron man challenge and you were uh, and you just you know it took a little bit too much off at the start of the race and pulled the muscle in your back no 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 that wasn't that either was it when you were like whisking up 20 eggs for your breakfast uh, with a vigorous wrist action uh, no 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 it wasn't that either i mean that could be part of it <laughs> who knows i'm not doing the muscle milk and eggs yet for breakfast certainly not doing that no ladies and gentlemen this was yesterday and i was using this round brush that i seriously thought could change my life and i was trying to blow dry my hair and between like the uh, excess movement and the flick of the wrists and trying to pull the hair straight and, uh, you know, and, and all sort of other movements that I probably don't normally do, like perfect posture and then pulling the hair straight from the root, I managed to crick my back. I managed to pull that muscle or whatever it is between the shoulder blades and now, oh my God, it's bloody painful. So I'm hunched over the microphone best I can, trying to manually pair, pair through here with a nice cup of tea and uh, going to give you the best entertainment of your life whilst in a lot of pain. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. But I tell you, I don't know. I may need some, uh, I may need some drugs of all sorts here between now and the end of the show to, to get me through. 
Um, I don't like to complain, though. I don't, I don't like to complain there. I don't. I, I mustn't grumble. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. It's this sort of Dunkirk spirit that I need to keep going here. But yes, this injury is caused when I was trying to pull my hair straight. I mean, what fine condition, what fine mint condition of a man I'm in at the moment. I mean, I basically pulled a muscle, muscle whilst brushing my hair. <laughs> you know things have to change when you... That's a sort of middle-aged injury here. I mean, back in the day, you know, you get winded on the rugby field or you pull your hamstring or you get hit on the thumb and have to get your thumbnail taken. They're quite manfully sort of sporting injuries. Uh, trying to blow dry your hair straight so you could get a quiff. Yeah, not quite so manly, I have to say. It is really amazing, though, the restorative powers of a nice cup of tea. And I have to say, I am having a, a kiwi strawberry chaser as well. <laughs> One of these non-sugar... I tell it, it tastes good. This would be excellent with a dash of vodka. And I know we've talked about this before. Strawberry lemonade is delicious. But this kiwi strawberry, I think I'm becoming more inclined. I mean, I always love myself a strawberry daiquiri, but I'm becoming more inclined to enjoy fruity drinks with strawberry in. Now, <laughs> many would say you've always been a little bit fruity, chappy. Well, that, that, that has to be true. But it is a rather wonderful chaser. And it's taken my mind off the pain here. I mean, I really am like, uh, like the sort of hunchback here. To even straighten my back is uh, is quite uh, is quite the effort. So today on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about a number of things. Uh, some of these things we will and may or may not be discussing. Uh, first of all, yesterday we did talk about dog sniffing. How we have to go around sniffing and enjoying life more than we uh, have done to this point. I talked about power chill leggings. Why don't they come in sizes for men? I think men need these kind of elasticated lycra efforts. I think it could hold in all sorts of uh, indiscretions, basically. Be absolutely uh, fantastic. I've been upping my salad game recently. Uh, also, um, how George the Collie likes to eat naan bread. That was all on yesterday's program. Today, though somebody's dastardly plan my darling love's plan to basically see me without any product in my hair so i think this is all part of the thing it was almost like a fruit three act cluster fiddlesticks type of situation um where i started off trying to style my hair how i want to do it uh trying to straighten it out and pulling the muscle and then basically being uh being told coerced uh, possibly ordered to wash all the product out of my hair. And then I basically looked like a uh, fluffy poodle. I was so soft, the hair was so soft without any of that nasty sticky product in. But my frizzy hair was basically flopping and flumping around. Um, also, what middle-aged problems do you have? My middle-aged problems are basically, I pull a muscle whilst doing my hair in my back. Uh, also, um, how dogs want to be friends with butt benefits. Yes, I mean, it doesn't... I may need to explain that in a little bit more detail, I think, here. Also, we never talked about the most disappointing package I've ever had. Uh, also, me becoming a boring influencer. How I'm stacking up jobs for my dear Travis here. Uh, DIY uh, f fails. I never really talked about how I thought I had the uh, 
biggest feet ever. I do like my porridge sloppy. Have I told you that? Um, the round brush really didn't change my life. Auto text messaging in the morning. How we're basically uh, probably should get back to writing letters again. Um, also, uh, is my bum looking bigger this year? The uh, best invention ever. The best invention ever. Uh, uh, which moves on to the best invention that was ever been created basically caused me to lose the most blood I think I've ever lost uh, and uh, also how I want to protect myself against indeed the metaverse we talked about this yesterday I reenacted it yesterday with my grannies tea cozy and basically uh, foiling up my head to protect myself from those awful radiating waves of indeed the metaverse and how I become more inept, another middle-aged fail, more inept at eating boiled eggs as my life progresses. I'm sure many of you wondering if I've seen my uh, my joy, my nemesis, the pajama man on my recent walks, on my recent sojourns with the dogs. Now this is a fella, he has a dog as well, I think maybe some sort of age, aging Labrador. Uh, and he basically uh, goes out to walk his dog in his pajamas. Now, uh, in the summertime, it's pajamas and a t-shirt. In the wintertime, it's pajamas. So he's got his tartan sort of plaid pajamas. And he's got like this pajama shirt on. But it's not a shirt, it's a pajama, almost like a jacket. So it's a thicker plaid jacket as well. Now, I've also noticed... Uh, when I saw him, but I haven't seen him recently. I wondered if he had got like locked in somebody's basement over the holidays with some sort of gimp ball in his mask uh, in his mouth or something along those lines, or gimp mask in his mouth. Who knows what it is? Um, but uh, no, no, I see. I think he takes a he starts his day off in a later fashion. He likes to have his porridge a little bit later. He likes his toast done on one side, probably before he goes and takes the dogs out. Whereas I like to build myself up with a hunger for good old brekkie. So, saw him the other day. And, uh, yeah, pyjama jacket on. Pyjamas on. They were flailing in the breeze. They're a little loose, so they do show uh, they do show the sort of morning crack. Uh, it's not the crack in the morning that you'd like to see. Uh, and it's not the sort of uh, crack that the Irish would like to see uh, that would make you laugh and roll around uh, belly laugh-wise. No, it's an arse crack. Is a middle-aged hairy man's ass crack. No fun there. Uh, but now he's taken up. Now he's he's actually parading around a flat cap. I believe that he is teasing me. He is taunting me by matching my flat cap. He's now got his very own matching tartan flat cap uh, that w matches his pajamas. He's perfectly matched pajama man. And I tell you something. It was 15 degrees the other day. And he had a pair of slippers on without the backs. Now, this man basically could probably complete all the tasks of Hercules. He could probably soar next to the sun with wings and the wax would not melt. He is a man, when it's 15 degrees, wears slippers without the backs. He is basically the Iceman cometh. I cannot believe that anybody would risk frostbite on their tootsies by wearing by basically wearing slippers without the backs. 
So here we go. You've got a perfectly morning clad person uh, where he's got fully clad in pajama coat, a pajama hat, pajamas uh, that probably need some new elastic. The elastics has perished and they're falling down, revealing everything. And now he's wearing slippers without the backs and not a sign of frostbite to be seen. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Pajama Man has made his appearance as a new type of Iron Man for 2022. So Novak Djokovic is on his way back. He's been kicked out of Australia for the final time. I think it's probably gone through like three or four iterations. And finally, he's been kicked out. And some of the some of the comments all over Twitter, the Twitter there are absolutely hilarious. Uh, yes, people making fun of Djokovic have no idea how tennis works. We send him back to Serbia, they send him back to us, and so on, so forth, until one of us misses. That's indeed the point. Novak, my body, my choice. Australia, our country, our roles, mate. Cheers. Cheerio. Uh, if I was Novak Djokovic, I'd simply have taken two doses of the safe and effective COVID-19 vaccination, then quietly collected my millions of dollars playing uh, tennis. Uh, and then this is from Piers Morgan. The Djokovic target is not about whether you believe in COVID vaccinations, but whether you believe that famous sports stars should play by the same rules as everybody else. He has the right not to be jabbed. And Australia has the right to chuck him out for making a dodgy visa application. Uh, number five, Novak Deportovic. Uh, number six, the most important thing to remember about Novak Djokovic being denied entry to Australia after spending a day in the airport thinking he was more important than everybody else is incredibly funny. Let me see if I understand this. Naomi Osaka was forced to miss uh, the French Open because she didn't want to do media interviews for mental health reasons, but Djokovic got a COVID vaccine exemption uh, for the Australian Open. Unlikely, methinks. Uh, guys, it's important to note we don't know that Djokovic got an exemption because he's a famous tennis player. It might just be because he's rich. Let Novak play, but he must play every match in full PPE. And then uh, a latest picture here, Novak uh, Djokovic supporters take to the streets of Melbourne. Uh, not a dicky bird. Whoever knocks Novak out of the US Open may never need to buy a beer in Australia ever again. Breaking news, en route back from Australia, Novak Djokovic has become lodged in the Suez Canal. And uh, we have an instant replay. And uh, yes, uh, is, is it in or out? Uh, yes, Australia claim it's out. And Novak's out as well. I would pay good money to watch Nothing to Declare episode involving the Djokovic clan. Uh, some say that Roger Federer on the customs immigrations team for the last couple of weeks. All Djokovic had to do was show the documentation. If he tried to operate a forklift or uh, counsel traumatized children without the relevant license, I imagine he would have been told to piss off as well. Australian uh, Open Ball Boys uh, heading to the match where Novak Djokovic is playing in indeed full PPE and Novak Djokovic starring in the Terminal 2. Novak Djokovic is the first player to be knocked out of a Grand Slam tournament after missing only two shots. I think my favourite and Elon Musk picks Novak up in his rocket and they organise their anti-vax tennis space jam in an appropriate dick-shaped rocket. So I was certainly a helpless young chap last night. Certainly uh, I did not have my full strength about me i was crunched over like the proverbial hunchback of notre dame and most of all 
I was without, I was like Samson. I didn't have my hair and my luscious locks cut, but I had no product in my hair. Yes, all the product was washed out. And then it was blow dried. And I looked across between a crust winning poodle and uh, your grandmother's perm. That's basically what it was. I was a fluffy, frizzy, flopping, flumping chap, loping around with hair all over the place here. I mean, it could have been shaved off. I could have probably stuffed maybe 20,000 pillows with my afro. I mean, it was so soft. It was baby soft. It was soft as the proverbial baby's bottom. But I had no control. I was missing something. I had something that I needed in my life that was desperately missing. And ladies and gentlemen, that was hair product, hair clay, hair pomade, hair putty, and a good old frizzy spray, Gorilla Glue, Eternal Hold, hairspray. America is in the throes of a French dressing revolution after the US authorities relaxed the rules on which ingredients the nation's favorite salad topping can contain. Since 1950, the Food and Drug Administration enforced rigid standards decreeing that only vegetable oil, vinegar, lemon or lime juice, salt, sugar, tomato paste or puree and spices such as mustard and paprika can be included. When the standards was established 72 years ago, French dressing was one of only three dressings on the books, along with mayonnaise and salad dressing. Today, it's known by fans as a creamy dressing that is slightly sweet and reddish in color. Red Tape critics say it has stifled innovation since 1998. The Association for Dressings and Sauces. God. Oh, I'm part of the Association of Dressings and Sauces. A trade group representing manufacturers that had fought to deregulate the source, arguing that the non-standardized uh, pourable dressing market has seen a proliferation of exciting new condiments from blue cheese and Italian to ranch and Caesar topping, leaving the French dressing well behind. Once a dining table staple in American homes, the sauce is no longer serves as a benchmark for other dressings. Wouldn't you like to be a benchmark for other dressings? With producers unable to tweak the recipe to matching shifting takes, the association warned French dressing was at risk of being tossed out altogether. Low-fat varieties, for instance, could not meet the FDA's 72-year-old requirement that 35% of the product must be vegetable oil by weight. The FDA made its final ruling on Wednesday. The standard of identity for French dressing no longer promoted honesty and indeed fairness. Loosening the tightening regulations, it argued, would afford manufacturers greater flexibility. It noted that the proposal to remove the standards had garnered only 20 comments, including, it appeared to have been submitted as part of a university assignment. I don't know how to make a Caesar salad, but I'm willing to take a stab of it. I had a salad joke, but I tossed it. Leave me alone! Talking of oil, I had my most disappointing package arrive the other day. Yes, what do you think would be the most disappointing package? Well, socks? Well, actually, you know, as you get older, chaps and chapesses, uh, a good pair of socks does you wonders. And also double socking does, uh, you know, it saves those cracked, nasty heels, those terrible, uh, crusty old trotters. Yes, so socks are a good package. But the most disappointing package ever arrived it was in a big box and it was a plastic container of olive oil. 
Now, I think I'm over olive oil. It's not as healthy as he thought, especially when you heat it up, apparently. And the only thing it's really good for is removing a spider out of one's ear. Yes, I had a spider in my ear once and the olive oil managed to coax it out. Well, we all miss cover sleeves, don't we? Of old vinyl albums and old CD albums where you could read the cover notes that accompany the songs, the song's words, and sort of little etchings that the artists would put in there when they release their albums. Well, we don't have that anymore, but I saw one of the best descriptions on iTunes Music talking about uh, a new band, an Australian band that I'd never heard of before called A Gang of Youth. I heard one of the songs the other day, I thought, I need to play that on the musical edition of the podcast. Anyway, surging with stadium-sized ambition, this Sydney band's darkly empowering rock palpably saw via cresting orchestral currents and resounding percussion. Still, the main attraction is frontman David Lepepe, whose frank lyrics linger over his personal flaws while his charming, gritty baritone crackles with carthesis. Their 2015 debut album took influence from the propulsive, brooding urgency of heroes like Arcade Fire and The National, while 2017's acclaimed Go Father and Lightness propelled their sound to new heights, a cacophonous middle ground between riotous celebration and after-hours dissolution. We like to discuss very British indulgences, on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And this week we have Clotted Cream. Now, you can buy this in a jar at Cosplus World Market, but you know what? Why not make your own? This is absolutely delicious to have on a scone or scone, however you want to pronounce it. Clotted Cream is popular in a lot of areas of the world. And if you haven't tried it yet, definitely missing out. Recipe developer Catherine Brooks of Blue Sky Eating is great at making desserts, main courses, and just about everything in between and a wonderful clotted cream recipe is no exception. Clotted cream is traditionally made in the southwest of England, often spread on top of scones along with jam. Brooks explains that we also think it would be a great way to enjoy on a piece of bread or a biscuit or pretty much any other baked good. There are many things to love about this tasty spread. Clotted cream is rich and indulgent and perfect for spreading uh, on a warm scone with the oven and the fridge doing most of the work for you. I love how little prep is required. So for a lazy person, clotted cream is absolutely fantastic. And there's so little work involved that you'll probably your arteries will clog uh, and clot by the end and uh, could cause you all sorts of terrible issues. Anyway. So these are the steps. Gather the ingredients for the homemade clotted cream. Preheat the oven, pour the cream into a dish, bake the cream, let the cream cool and stick in the fridge, mix and serve. So very, very easy. So you just have to preheat the oven, fairly uh, lowish oven, 180 Fahrenheit. Pour the cream into a large oven dish. The dish should be big enough so that the cream sits on a wide surface area. Put the cream in the oven for 12 hours. Yes, 12 hours. Remove the cream from the oven. A thick skin should have formed over the top. Let the cream cool to room temperature. Then put the dish in the fridge for 12 hours. I tell you something, if you're impatient, this may not be the recipe for you. Scrape off the thickened layer that has formed and transfer into a mixing bowl. Discard the liquid. Mix thoroughly and you have smooth, thick, clotted cream. So possibly the most ridiculous thing of the week here, the dinosaur hoax. To this day, nobody has ever excavated a complete dinosaur skeleton. Hence the various species of dinosaurs are all 
artist's renditions. Before the 1800s, nobody had ever heard of a dinosaur, nor had anybody ever throughout the ages discovered a single dinosaur fossil. This includes every single culture from around the world, from the Native Americans to the ancient Egyptians. The prehistoric monsters seen in the museum exhibits are all plaster casts. Real dinosaur bones are only allowed to be seen by a special group of government-appointed paleontologists. The whole dinosaur industry is propaganda, damn it, created as a way to validate Darwin's false theory of evolution. Yes, this is why you should not read social media, people. Yeah, so I wanted to uh, I wanted to basically clear something up that was said at the beginning of the show here when I talked about friends with butt benefits. Yes, no, I was actually meaning talking about dogs. Yes, dogs like to be your friends with butt benefits because they want to go around sniffing everybody's bottoms, everybody's posteriors. Yes, all they want is to do is go around sniffing and sticking their nose where the sun doesn't shine. Yes, friends. Dogs want to be friends with, indeed, butt benefits. Is everybody these days an influencer? All these young people making millions of money, flitting around the world, basically making fun little TikTok videos and YouTube videos and selling their wares all over it, getting huge advertising deals to basically unbox things. So I want to put myself forward as basically, could I become a boring influencer? Yes, I did say that, a boring influencer. I want to do this this year. Uh, It's not anything uh, that I don't do already. I mean, it's basically this podcast. I'm becoming a boring influencer on this podcast. I mean, I'm the perfect stay-at-home influencer. I'm not going to cost these companies any money. I mean, I could do all sorts of unboxing for tech companies and retail companies. These huge companies are sending these influencers things to basically unbox and sell and promote on Instagram and Twitter and who knows where else. But the thing is, though, they're never at home to unbox. They're always flitting around the world doing the latest YouTube video next to the harbour in Rhodes or the Acropolis or maybe doing some sort of jig around the Eiffel Tower. The thing is, I would be perfect. I'm always at home. I'm always ready to receive an open box. I can do open boxing for technology, retail. I'm the perfect person. Never would they miss a chance to promote their product because I'm always at home, ready and willing to unbox for you. One of my new favorite sites on Twitter is Rate My Plate, where people basically take pictures of the food they've cooked. So here, Barry on Rate My Plate, corned beef with mashed potato and baked beans. And he's basically got four squares of uh, corned beef cut up over a bed of mashed potatoes with beans drizzled all over the top. Here are some of the responses. There's starving people in Africa who'd look at that and go, yeah, mate, no thanks. I live in Africa and know poor people, and I can confirm this. Uh, 1948 called and asked for their dinner back. Straight from the 1916 edition of the Army Catering Corps, keep keeping Tommy Fred cookbook. Are you in the cabin in the woods with only a sterno heat pack? If so, then lovely. This food is trolling personified. I'd serve it. That to somebody I truly love, 
just to see the reaction. No, no, no. The corned beef doesn't look like it's been heated up. It must be heated up or it'll go squidgy to be able to get up with mashed potato into mashed tatties. Otherwise good. Eight out of ten. This is like you're in day 153 of the apocalypse and living on what you can make that comes from a tin or packet. This is what passes as fancy these days, considering you're living through the end of the world and all. Deconstructed corned beef hash at our majesty's pleasure by the look of things on the plate. Half time in hospitality, Flanders, 1914. Keep calm, Barry. They're on their way. Bon chien. Dogs can tell if we're speaking another language. In Tintin, Snowy the dog says, Woof woof. Translated in English, it's woof woof. For the Turkish edition, it's hev hev. And if Tintin ever finds out in Wales, the dogs go, What the f? What the f? Anyway, it's not just what the dogs say that changes across languages, though, it's what the dogs hear. A study has shown that dogs, like humans, recognize if they're being spoken to in the language that they're raised in even when they don't know the specific words. Cuban infants can distinguish between the languages they start to speak, says Attila Atticus from Advartis Laurent University, Hungary. This is the most important uh, capacities of being able to produce speech and comprehend language, and we begin to wonder how it's a unique capacity for humans. The research was inspired by the experiences of his colleague, Laura Curera, who has moved from his laboratory in Mexico. My dog, uh, Kunkun, came with me. Before, I had only talked to him in Spanish, so I was wondering whether Kunkun noticed that people in Budapest spoke a different language. Like her, Kunkun is now existing in a world of strange and alien sounds. Testing the idea, however, was not going to be easy. To see her brain responses in an MRI scanner, you have to keep the head completely still. This is difficult enough in humans. In dogs, though, it uh, presents even more difficulties. We're not just asking them to be relatively still. They must be completely still. Once... Uh, 18 dogs, some Hekka Hungarian, some Spanish, one Kunkun, had learnt to hold their head stationary. They were put in a scanner and were read. Each had a passage in both languages from the little prince. The passage was chosen so it did not contain the words dogs might actively recognize. It is, walk his setter treats and who's a clever boy then even so there was a clear and discernible language between when they were listening to their own language and Dick said that the findings could be comfort to dog owners we keep talking to our dogs all the time without really knowing how much they get from it the work suggests that they don't even understand but they're still listening but for those worried they should not be worried about emigrating with their dogs Kiara says that like most people, they adjust. Kunkun said lives just as happily as he lived in Mexico. He saw snow for the first time and he loves swimming in the Danube. We hope that he and his friends will continue to help us uncover the evolution of speech perception. There is one common universal language form that every dog and every human understands, whether the dog likes meat, whether the human is indeed a vegan. And this one language is bacon just just excuse me a moment here oh i just need to rotate this over the lumber oh it feels so good oh so anyway <laughs> my voice may be shaking as i do this so i'm massaging between my shoulder blades whilst i'm recording a podcast yes so i'm stacking up jobs for dear travis now travis is probably a six foot five uh, Adonis, who basically works here at Chappie, New Chappie Towers, and he's the odd jobs guy. 
But the problem is he's not very good at the odd jobs. Uh, he may be odd uh, at the jobs that he does. Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't really know what he's doing, basically. And um, it's very distracting, isn't it, this? And basically, he has failed to fix my towel rail maybe three times. It now keeps falling down. And now I'm, I'm severe. I'm, I really do believe that my bottom, my ass, got bigger over Christmas. Because before Christmas, I could get out of the shower without my bottom uh, basically knocking down the rail. Now it's like one of those limbo rails that when you, I don't know if you've ever played limbo, when you have to go into the rail and if anything knocks it, knocks the rail down, you lose. Basically, I mean, my bottom, my bum, my ass is now knocking down the rail. So I feel that I've had one or too many limp balls and probably a little bit too much uh, Christmas cake over uh, the Christmas period. Anyway, so I'm stacking up jobs for Travis. He's got the tower rail. He now has uh, the arm of the... Uh, dishwashers broken off uh, and the drawer I tried to basically fix my drawer the other day with a butter knife yes I only thought about it because I was actually buttering a lovely piece of bread uh, and then I decided well maybe I could use the butter knife to try to oil up and butter the drawer here so with a little knobbing of butter on the end of the knife I decided that I would try to oil up the drawer so it wouldn't become too stiff. Now, can I ask you this question? Have your drawers ever become stiff? Yes, my drawers are always stiff, it seems, and now I can't open the bloody drawer. I pull it out, I put it in, I think it's oiled up and ready to go. I mean, Irish butter's really the best when you want to get the mechanism going. So basically, I, uh, I the drawer's still stiff. So this is another job for uh, the young chap, Travis, to fix. Um, and it, they just keep stacking up, so I'm stacking up jobs for poor old Travis. But uh, as I mentioned on previous podcasts, I'm now very, very embarrassed because now I'm known as the cricket guy. No, not the game of cricket because I'm English, you fools. Uh, basically because I did have that cricket stuck behind the fridge and uh, he basically rescued me. I was a damsel in distress. He was indeed the knight in shining armour. Thank you very much to all my Saudi Arabian listeners. It got me to under 40 in the charts, uh, the podcasting comedy charts in Saudi Arabia. I don't want to ruffle any feathers here, uh, but I want to bring up a story about exotic samba dancers that have ruffled the feathers of Saudi purists. A Saudi Arabian province has ordered an investigation into how three samba dancers were allowed to dance half-dressed through the streets, uh, taking the kingdom's recent uh, liberalisation a step too far for many residents. Dancers wearing traditional feather headdresses with mostly bare legs and bellies were promoting a tourism festival in the southern city of Jazan, known historically for its conservatism. The festival itself is a novelty. Until 2018, many forms of entertainment included pop concerts, theatres, cinemas, were banned in the kingdom for three decades. Many younger Saudis have welcomed uh, social reforms over the past three years by the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam. However, they offended the, the more devout and the traditional, particularly in provinces away from the main cities. The tyrant continues to spread outrage and so vice said one typical comment here the contrast between the attire of the performers invited to the kingdom as part of the tourism drive and social restrictions on local women also still expected to wear a buy or flowing gowns has attracted much comment when Nicki minaj the trinidadian rapper was hired for a concert one woman uh, posted a video 
of herself in more conventional dress, saying why she was required to wear it. Minaj, whose costumes leave little to the imagination, was welcomed into the kingdom. Minaj subsequently decided not to attend. The Jazzin Winter Festival was billed as providing family fun, including beach activities. It was unclear what role samba dancing played in this, and the nationalities of the women who appeared to be blonde and either Arab nor Brazilian were not given. Prince Mohammed bin Nasser, the governor of Jazan, that its necessary measures have been taken to prevent any further indiscretions. Well, I don't think I'm going to be able to wear my former ugly sister uh, outfit that I used to wear. Um, yes, uh, that probably will go down like a fart in a crowded lift if I dressed up like an ugly sister in Saudi Arabia. Yes, this uh, secret ingredient can really elevate your scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs are something of a quintessential breakfast food. They're warm, they're comforting, but you have to admit they can get a little boring from time to time if you don't switch things up. You might have noticed that it always seems like scrambled eggs are just better when you order them in a restaurant. In fact, that may be true depending on how you like your scrambled eggs. Restaurants do have a few tips, tricks and secret ingredients to elevate a simple dish. While you might not have pancake batter ready every time, uh, you can make scrambled eggs at home. There is another ingredient you might want to use to elevate. It's likely that you have it lying around that can make your scrambled eggs and take them to the next level. Instead of sprinkling a pinch of salt into your scrambled eggs, try pouring a little bit of soy sauce with them next time. It's one of the oldest tricks. Why not just regular table salt? The trouble is that salt can sometimes bond together and form little clumps. That means you have some bites of scrambled egg that are unpleasantly salty, while others are disappointingly plain. And consider the timing too. Soy sauce is a great solution to these issues. The liquid seasoning evenly spreads throughout the eggs, so you'll have enough time uh, and enough of it in every bite plus the sodium in the soy sauce won't cause the eggs to weep and become runny when you add it if you're gluten-free or need another option consider tamari instead whether you're using regular soy sauce simply just add a few t shakes next time you scramble it up Yes, uh, very uh, British problems, very British problems official are one of our favorite Twitter sites and Instagram sites uh, Here's a little translation for getting there Life is falling apart. Each day is a trudge through thick mud to back where you started. You're literally getting absolutely nowhere. It's been January for 40 years. If it wasn't for tea, you don't know what you would do. But you know that you're getting there. Yes, sir. Uh, welcome to uh, Trumple Trombone. Reddit users were left in hysterics after a bizarre weather phenomenon made sand dildos on a beach in the US. An image posted to the subreddit uh, Nature is Lit shows several suspiciously phallic-shaped sand towers along the beach in Lake Michigan. The user Grillos posted the image captioned strong winds create unusual shapes in the frozen sand along Lake Michigan. The slight left uh, turn for many forum users left them in hysterics as they formed their own theories. Nah, aliens did it. The beach challenging dildos as a dildo paradise. Hmm. But as odd as it appears, a strange uh, occurrence seems to happen annually in the areas of wind uh, which it pounds into the beach erodes sand that has been frozen together forming the unique sand sculptures. However, the sand towers range in height between 6 to 12 inches. Oh, yes, no. Oh, no, missus. Get a sandy crack. Now you've got a sandy...
the top astronaut's prank on his colleague has sent Twitter users into a frenzy. Back in 2016, reports emerged of bizarre monkey business aboard the International Space Station. The footage showed Peak, uh, Spaceman Peak, astronaut Peak being pursued uh, by ISS, a man who we assume was Mark Kelly dressed in a gorilla costume. The tweet brought the story back to light, claimed the gorilla suit was taken aboard without anybody knowing. Astronaut Mark Kelly once smuggled a full gorilla suit on board the International Space Station. He didn't tell anybody about it, but Twitter users love the story. I love that the uh, reflex to flee in zero gravity is to swim as the gorilla. A third replied, Kelly's lucky that there's no news reports of gorillas floating in space. But unfortunately, the smuggling story just isn't true. The truth is Mark's identical twin brother, Scott, wore the suit as it was sent as a care package. I tell you, what a care package. A care package of a gorilla suit. Guy the Gravity Gorilla. And apparently the Google Street View feature that you can look up has uh, caught a prankster in Montreal, Canada, dressed up as the infamously scary Pennywise the Clown. Uh, as Google Maps van drove past, it saw the uh, Montreal prankster brandishing a bloody knife. What a load of it! Pennywise hides in the gutters, not outside people's homes. And China recently announced their latest development on their artificial sun project as they reached a milestone for the longest sustained nuclear fusion. Scientists confirmed that they uh, set a clean energy record by sustaining a nuclear fusion reaction for more than 17 minutes. Since then, a viral video has been sharing on social media, claiming China has successfully sent the artificial sun into the sky and many viewers have been fooled by it. Hmm. Dim sun. It's been absolutely superb having you here for the podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese, episode 156. Remember to like and subscribe. I'm on at Keep Cheese on Twitter, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese on Instagram for all the latest nonsense, including me as a fox or indeed a cow. Um, so, as I said, you can listen anywhere. Apple Music. You can listen Spotify. There's an audio version on Spotify. You can listen on Breaker, Slacker, Amazon Music. You can also tune in on Audible, uh, if that so uh, befits you. Pandora, uh, iHeartRadio, many, many different platforms to listen. In fact, the other day, as my back cracked and I became a hunchback, I could hear the sound of angels singing, keep calm and cauliflower cheese as I hunched over in severe pain. You can hear absolutely everywhere. Uh, if you like music, though, there's a Butler and Poor musical edition on Spotify, only on Spotify, where you can listen to the band Rye. You can have some Bobby Womack, the Avalanches, Curtis Harding, the Beatles, Prince, Mr. Jukes, Joss Stone, the uh, uh, Paul McCartney and the Wings, Peter Cetera, uh, also the Tourettes and indeed Space Hog, if that's what you're looking for. Coming up next, the poem. This is Nation's Ode to the Coast, John Cooper Clark. A fat sky and a thousand shrieks, the tide arrives and the timber creaks. A world away from the working wheat, où est le vie nautique? 
That's where the sea comes in, disheveled, shelled and shoveled sands, architecture all unplanned. A spade and bucket wonderland, a golden space of frisbee, and the kids and dogs can run and run and not run to anyone. Way out, real gone, and that's where the sea comes in, impervious to the human speech, idle time and tidal reach, some memories you can't impeach, that's where the sea comes in. A nice cup of splosh and a round of tea, just a cursory glance at the morning post, a pointless walk along the coast, that's where floats may the boat the most and where the sea comes in now voyager once resigned go forth and seek and find the hazy days you left behind right there the back of your mind where lucid dreams begin with rolling dunes and rattling shale the shoreline then a swollen sail picked out by shimmering halo that's where the sea comes in could this be luck by chance eternity in a second glance a universe beyond romance that's where the sea comes in yes that's where the sea comes in. Have a lovely rest of the weekend. I will be back again on Friday for the next edition of the podcast. Keep well, stay safe, have some fun, have a chuckle and a little smile. Cheerio.